Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. I woke up to the morning sky first. Oh, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, you had better get them up, get them going, another rough weather morning for your commute if you're getting up and out get up and out now it is a mess outside once again third straight morning of uh, treacherous conditions rain continues to come down there's flood watches and warnings all over the place throughout central texas as it uh, continues to be a wet week to say the least uh, but we appreciate you being there up with us five hours of conversation on this wednesday morning begins right now we appreciate you finding us whoever you do could be on 1019 fm for finding that also on AM 1260 and certainly on our Horn app. The easiest way to find us these days is to uh, download that Horn app to your smartphone. You find us with a touch of a button wherever you are, whenever you are here in the 512, all over the great state and all over the world. Wherever you can find an internet connection, you got us. And uh, we appreciate you doing that, telling a friend, sharing that Horn app as well with another to uh, let them hook up with uh, Rodney as we get you rolling this morning. Ty as well. And, yeah, it's raining all over the place. Those storms continue to train from south to north and just bring uh, copious amounts of water and wet stuff and inches and inches of rain, uh, the, the heaviest of which, the big severe flooding problem, is down to the east of the you know, Austin metro, down in the LaGrange and that area. But uh, still plenty of wet stuff this morning. That will make traffic a mess. Our man Don Miller will be along with the uh, very latest to get you where you need to be this morning as quickly as possible. But it's going to be... A challenge, you can guarantee that as we get it up and out. A lot of stories developing. Big win for Longhorn basketball last night. Uh, they followed up that win over Baylor with a maybe even more impressive victory on the road in Big 12 play. We've got uh, now imminent reports of Jim Harbaugh to the National Football League. We'll get you details there. That obviously has major implications in the NFL and college football. We'll dive into that big story. Big story in the NBA. Hall of Fame class announced in Major League Baseball. So plenty of time and, and conversations to be had over our five-hour Wednesday visit today. We appreciate you being there. And uh, uh, we'll have some fun. We'll get the headlines caught up. Look who it is. He has made his way through the raindrops and the uh, wet roads and uh, found his way to our South Austin Onion Creek compound to bring his uh, five hours of conversation. Shut down corner for five hours this morning. Got to the 713 down in Houston, Texas. DB High down there. Also out of DBU right here in the 512, a lifetime Longhorn. Uh, four years in the NFL, 16 great years now doing great uh, radio and media in Central Texas and beyond. He is our our man, the, Black, the man Blackstradamus, we've, we've dubbed him. Also, the football theorist, proud papa, the baby Monroe. He is our man, Rod Babers. What's up, RB? Pretty messy out there, my friend. It is messy out there, so please take your time, folks. Uh, those road conditions are a bit hazardous, so they, uh, they make sure you know, you know you're going to be late. Uh, traffic's going to be crazy. It's going to be a traffic Mageddon out there. Uh, so don't uh, plan for that or just plan on being late. It's no big deal. Uh, but I appreciate the intro and appreciate the hospitality as always. Uh, before we get started, shout out to those who serve. We do it each and every morning. We are proud and happy to do it uh, because our society built on the selflessness of service. So all those out there serving in any capacity, God, country, or community, I uh, just want to give you a shout out each and every morning let you know that you are uh, first on our minds and on our hearts. And uh, we can't say thank you enough. Soldiers, first responders, teachers, nurses, uh, officers of the law, uh, the waste management folks, all those folks out there working hard for us, man. We appreciate you. Even in the raindrops. Even in the raindrops. Oh, yeah. And the, oh, don't uh, stop. It don't stop. Low water First crossings responders, and flooding get, streets. Yeah, and uh, you guys are the ones, uh, yep. you folks are the ones running in and helping folks as they find themselves in uh, in trouble. Today, uh, and it's, yeah, it's been a mess, man. It's cold over the weekend. And now yes, rain each morning. Yeah, and Austin it's had, not had some down. of that beautiful Austin weather in a while. Yeah, where's the sun? Yeah. Where's that sunshine? But we'll get plenty of it at some point. Probably need the rain. Actually, probably we do need the rain as it's, it's coming down, but it's no fun to do during your morning commute on a, on a morning-by-morning basis. It does look, look like by tomorrow morning 
I don't know if we're going to get sunshine, but at least the uh, the rain the the rain will turn off. The the, the spigot of, of rain will turn off. Uh, I think into tomorrow, but uh, we'll see as we get this thing rolling. It's a it's a major news day. There's a lot going on in college and pro football. A lot going on in college basketball. Uh, so let's get right to it. Get you caught up on the news of the morning. There's plenty of it. Uh, top stories. Top stories always brought to you by our friends at Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. We'll start with the Longhorns basketball. Make it now two impressive wins. Back-to-back for the Longhorns. Head coach Roddy Terry suddenly surging squad. Followed up that big win over ninth-ranked Baylor this past Saturday by rolling into Norman, Oklahoma last night and taking down the 11th-ranked Sooners 75-60. to Pulled away after a strong start. The Longhorns actually found themselves down a point at the half, 33-32. But the contest swung midway through the second, about 11-minute mark of that second half. Texas went on a 19-4 run, keyed by sharp shooting from Max Aismas. Dominant play from Dylan DeSue in a season-high 11 points and a ton of hustle plays from Kendall Weaver. Uh, Ace Smith led the Longhorns with 22. DeSue finished with 19. He also grabbed 10 boards and dished out four assists. Texas improves to 14-5 uh, and five on the season. They're now 3-3 three and three in Big 12 play. Longhorns' next two opponents also played last night, hooked up in Provo. L.J. Cryer scored 23 to lead fourth-ranked Houston to a 75-68 win over 21st-ranked BYU in a battle of Cougars. Texas will be at BYU this Saturday afternoon. Uh, then host Houston, a big game U of H, and a big Monday matchup in Moody Center uh, coming up this Monday night. Also last night in Big 12 play, TCU took down Oklahoma State and Stillwater. Central Florida rolled past West Virginia. The 10th-ranked Texas women are back in action tonight. They're going to welcome Oklahoma OU to the mood for a 6 o'clock tip. Rivalry week continues. Texas football, official word yesterday, Longhorns have added their eighth new player through the transfer portal. Following a weekend visit, the former Arizona defensive tackle Tia Owali Savea committed to Texas. Uh, the 6'4", 305-pound Savea comes to the Longhorns after two years in Tucson where he played for new Texas linebackers coach Johnny Nansen. He is the fourth defensive player portal addition for Texas. Uh, four on offense, four on defense. On defense, he joins former Clemson safety Andrew Makuba, former UTSA edge rusher Trey Moore, and former Alabama linebacker Kendrick Blackshear. Uh, Savea fills a particular key need for Texas in that defensive line room. Of course, losing both Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy to the NFL and lost Trill Carter to Auburn through the transfer portal. The big developing story from the NFL comes from La La Land. Jim Harbaugh's return to the NFL appears to be imminent now. Mike Garofolo of the NFL Network reporting this morning that the LA Chargers have made an extremely strong offer to Harbaugh after they met in their second uh, visit. Uh, it looks like he's on, on track to become their next head coach. Two sides are within striking distance, according to Garofolo. And he added that two sides are to the point of negotiating potential candidates for general manager and coaching staff. Major developing story from the NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks, second, second seed in the East, fired first-year head coach Adrian Griffin yesterday. Multiple reports now indicating that Doc Rivers has emerged as a serious candidate to take over in Milwaukee. Big news from baseball last evening, the 2024 Hall of Fame class was announced, and it includes an all-time Texas Ranger great, also two of the best pure hitters of their era, Adrian Beltre, Joe Maurer, and Todd Helton elected into baseball's hall. They received at least 75% of the votes from the Baseball Writers Association of America. Beltre received over 95% of the votes. He was one of the game's premier third baseman for more than two decades, including the final eight years of his career with the Rangers. By the way, former Houston Astros closer Billy Wagner fell five votes shy of induction in his second-to-last year appearing on the ballot. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. Topgun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Man, I was that close. Just, I mean, that close from saying those words I'm not supposed to say because of the bet that I lost to Ty about the Rangers and the Astros. I'm not even going to reference it. I'm not going to say it. But those words I'm not supposed to say. I was really close to saying it, and I would have violated the bet. So, ooh, because you don't mention the Astros a lot anymore. You yeah, said well, it. And usually, I'm say. trained like Pavlov's dog. Boom. When you hear the word Astros, you that. Yep, yep. I, I can't see it. I guess you can see it. I, 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 I can say Astros. You just get to your little chin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. Oh, oh, man, I was so close, and I was like, oh. And I thought I was like, oh no, okay. And you, I was like, you oh. can say go jerse because I know Adrian Beltre, not only a, a great all-time player, no, yeah, the yeah. Fame, but he's also. No you know, a Ranger fan favorite if there ever was one. One of the the, the heartbeats of, of that team for yeah. about a decade. Uh, but, yes, you almost did. I almost did. I was very close. I was like, oh. and I was like, oh, I can't do that. <laughs> man, I'm tired. I'm, I'm restricted from that from like a whole whole year. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't well, do it. So, yeah, yeah you Rangers go. have earned that, earned that right, have. right, because of uh, their world, world championship. Uh, but, yeah, there we go. So there's a lot of, a lot of big stories from Light each choice. of the major sports out there right now, including the big, Longhorns. Biggest story close to home is that Rodney Terry and the Longhorns seem to have found something. You know what I mean? It, it's something. And this is why, see, you should let people, let them do the horns down. It's okay. 
It's okay, guys. It's okay. Yes, it works. It works for us in so many ways. There is free media. Free. It's the, the best form of free media probably in, in, in college sports today. Everybody knows what the hell they're talking about when they do it. All right? So that's beautiful. That's something that you can't even quantify. You can't put a price on that. But also, you know, Rodney Terry didn't want them to do it. But if they hadn't done it, you might still be losing. Right, it may not have found whatever the secret sauce is that you just found with this group. Y'all are y'all playing like y'all are upset, like y'all are determined now. Playing with a well, brand of basketball. I don't know if it's the horns down, but we know it did coincide with the horns down controversy where Rodney Terry got criticized nationally by some of his peers. Longhorn fans had a bit of a negative response to, you know, the way he handled that and I like the way that they have handled this situation. I like the way he handled it too. He came out and apologized and he started winning some games. Yeah, look, this thing is not about talent, I don't believe. I mean, we've talked about maybe being a flawed roster at times, but I think, you know, when you, when you bring all these new players together, um, you know, you do have some returning guys, obviously, with Tyrese Hunter and Dylan, Dylan Mitchell. And, uh, you know, those guys are trying to work on things and develop areas of their game the NBA has told them to, to work on. So, but, you know, those guys are also playing with a whole new crop of guys, right? So even though they're returning players, it's a new – group of teammates that they're trying to figure out chemistry with. And that, that can take a little bit of time. And sure. as we said, they had the added issue of Dylan DeSue not being available at all through the you know training camp into the first month of the season. And he's one of your best players. You saw him last night. He was the star of the show in the second half, just unstoppable. He had, you know, just filling up the stat sheet. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're, they're getting there. I mean, I do think what we saw last Tuesday night with the Central Florida game and Rodney Terry's response to it and then the the – you know, the criticism that came coast to coast and uh, at a lot of levels rightfully so, uh, it appears to have galvanized the team a little bit. That, hey, yes. we, there's a, a let's fight for our coach here. Let's, let's get this thing going. Because, you know, obviously with the, the headlines were dominated by the horns down and Rodney Terry's reaction to it. But really, they blew a 16-point lead at home. I mean, they were, they were in control of the game and then kind of went to sleep in the final 10 minutes and lost a game they shouldn't have lost, in my opinion. Uh, so that's part of it, too. There's a pride to that, that, hey, come on now. Y'all, we're better than that. <laughs> we're, we're, then not even enough pride to, 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 to stand up <laughs> yeah. and be upset about the horns down. Yeah. The coach had to say something. Uh, instead of the players ultimately saying something. The players should have been holding – Rodney Terry should have been disciplining his guys for getting upset about the horns down. That's right. That's what should have happened. His guy should have – somebody should have gotten their face about doing the horns down because they should have been so upset about the way they have, they performed in the game, so embarrassed about it, so ashamed. This is similar to the Bo Davis situation then on the rant, and, you know, obviously the famous rant after losing to Iowa State on the road, that embarrassing loss for Texas. And it, it, what, it did signal kind of a shift, all right, but the whole point was a player should have stu- stood up and been raising hell – and dropping f bombs and cussing on the team, but a player couldn't do it because a player, a player must perform at a certain level to hold his teammates and peers accountable. Otherwise, it makes you a hypocrite if you're standing up calling everybody else. Like, Dude, you played like you played bad too. <laughs> you didn't have a great game, so nobody had a good enough game where they could have stood up and go, you know what, guys, we got to be better. We got to be better. I'll be better, but you guys got to get. You guys got to take it to the next step. We got to focus. We have to, you know, galvanize this group, whatever it is, and. I don't, and obviously, I don't. It's a different situation, but I do think Roddy Terry probably wanted a player to sit to stand up and have his and their pride be heard about the horns down and the way they performed. Sure. And it was it was him ultimately that stood up, and I think he kind of lost himself in the moment and realized, oh, actually, yeah. I mean, I probably shouldn't have done that. That's, just, that's on me. I probably yeah. shouldn't have reacted like well, that. But I was emotional and I was upset about the way we handled our. And I think, you know, since that game, and I don't know what the practices have been, like I have to assume they're similar, there's just been a more intentional team. And whether that was the team kind of rallying around the coach a little bit and realizing, yeah, we probably should have been a little more upset about that in real time. Uh, but in the end, what they've really done is kind of found a rotation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kendall Weaver has become a big part of this team. He had 28 minutes last night, and he was really one of the big keys in the, in the second half in the win over Baylor. So it's back-to-back wins now, Rod, over top 11 teams in the country. Uh, so it's not about talent here. They can play with anybody. They've got the they've got the talent to go with it, especially with Dylan Mitchell rounding into form, getting himself into playing shape. Uh, when you guys, as we've said, if the offense runs through Max Asmus and Dylan DeSue with that inside-outside combination, and Max, as we know, you know, goes past Elvin Hayes last night in the 15th place all-time in the NCAA scoring list. He's just a bucket. He's going to knock down shots. He went four of eight from three-point land last night. Uh, you know, he's a 90% free-throw shooter if he gets there. He's going to make buckets. He had 22 last night. But Dylan DeSue, 
he becomes the matchup problem. And I thought it was Porter Mosier making great points ahead of the game with Texas telling his team, look, this is a three-level scorer. You've got to defend him in the post. You've got to defend him in the mid-range game. And he can pull it outside and knock down threes. He went two for three last night from beyond the arc. So he's a big man who can, who can stretch the floor, take the ball to the basket. And he also dished out four assists last night. He had ten rebounds. Uh, and, and you combine him with Dylan Mitchell – who was very active last night, had 13 rebounds. He had eight points. He blocked three shots. Had a few too many turnovers early in the game. But those three players, I mean, obviously Dylan Mitchell wants to be an NBA player. Tyrese Hunter uh, has eyes on the NBA. These are, these are really good guys. But you need the rotational guys around them, Rod. Those are your, those are your core, right? Yeah. And then there's Tyrese Hunter. And then there's Kendall, Kendall Weaver. Weaver has just become. He's playing really well. You know, that was the best defense. They held Oklahoma to 60 points on their home floor and held them to – you know, under 40% shooting in that second half when they went on the stretch. And a big part of that was the defense from Dylan Mitchell and Kendall Weaver really bringing it, getting up on, on guys and uh, getting after Kendall Weaver is just a, a hustle play uh, waiting to happen he's a on both dog. ends of the floor. Yep. Go, and he's the one Texas guard that is – he's not a great shooter, so he goes to the basket. Mm-hmm. He likes to get to the rack and get, uh, you know, get after it. Yeah. And you like that about him. He brings that energy. So now you're kind of saying, okay, well, here's, the, here's the formation of what we are. We've got uh, some stars, and now we need some role guys to fill in around them and, and realize what their role is. And I think there's still a pretty high ceiling for this basketball team. Wouldn't have said that 10 days ago. But all of a sudden, with two more big-ranked opponents coming, BYU and Houston, in back-to-back games that are happening in three days, and from Saturday to Monday, uh, you've got a chance to, to really – you know, put this thing in, in a good space. If you, can, if you can go into BYU, and I watched a little bit of that game last night against Houston, BYU's not great. Um, you know, they're top, they're 21 in the, in the country. Texas is more talented than them. Uh, they, and then you got Houston Monday night. And what, if Texas were to beat BYU, what a matchup that would be it's on a big, big Monday yeah, at Moody Center uh, with an 8 o'clock tip. So looking forward to this. And this is now a team that, that's kind of fun to watch. I was watching last night when we were doing the Longhorn live stream, Rod, on, on Texas football. They're fun. I mean, they were frustrating as hell for, for a good stretch here, too. Uh, so you got to keep that uh, pedal to the metal here and keep getting better. They have a brand of basketball that they're, you can tell they're starting to cultivate. And like you said, maybe it took a while because you got a relatively new group of guys uh, that's together. But you do have a core. And once you find out what your core is, a core group of guys and who are going to be your really the guys who help you forge your identity, as a as a basketball program, as a basketball team, uh, that's going to be the brand of basketball you play, and, and defense has got to be a big part of that. That's exactly right. And, defense uh, has got to be, and I don't, I don't know if it was. No, it wasn't. Last it wasn't. two games. Well, let I me mean, go back to the Central Florida game where you gave up and your own turnovers and bad defense. I mean, you you let them shoot fifty percent, fifty three percent in the second half on your own floor. Oh yeah. I mean the uh, the, the the games at West Virginia. I mean, you know, right now it's about Texas for me. I know a lot of coaches and players will say that it's not about them; it's about us. Texas is going to get offense. Texas is going to be able to score. You know, mm-hmm. Chris Beard's first year when he rebuilt the roster, they were built on defense, and they would struggle offensively. they go these long 10-minute stretches without a bucket. I don't think that's going to be this team because they have really good offensive players in DeSue and Asmus who can get you a basket when you need one. Tyrese Hunter added, adds to that too. But their question is going to be on defense. Yep. Can, can they play the with stop? that intensity and get those stops, which yeah. they did last night? And then it's about their own turnovers. Can they, can they take care of the basketball? Only 13 last night. I think seven or eight of those came in the first half. So they cut down on those turnovers in the second half. And that's when they, when they blew this game out. This yeah, be, did. With four minutes to play, the uh, Lloyd Noble Center was empty. They were running to the exits. They were like, see y'all. Yeah. Let's go home. <laughs> that's impressive to go on the road and do that in this conference. Because you heard last night, if you're watching the game, so far this year in Big 12 play, the road teams are winning at about a 20% clip. Some road people. teams in the Big 12 are winning about a 20% clip, and the Longhorns just won by 15 on the road against number 11 in the country. Got to protect. Got to protect home. That's something the, Texas, the, the Longhorns got to do a little bit better at uh, protecting home. Yeah, um, they already got two home losses. Yeah, expect, so they're back to 500 now. Three and three. Play. Three and three. So that's that's pretty good. And yeah, with the two games coming up in the next three days, Big 12 is just yeah. brutal. They have till Saturday now to get themselves mm. ready for B, for a trip to to Provo. And place I'm assuming they've never – I don't know if they've ever played basketball in Provo, Utah. I'll look yeah. it up, but I'm sure it's somewhere along the way. But it's been a while. I don't remember it. Uh, but, of course, BYU, one of the new members into the Big 12 this year. And uh, then Houston on Monday night. So, yes, an opportunity. Because, look, when they had lost back-to-back games and you're thinking, oh, man, they're 1-3, and, and here comes Baylor and Oklahoma, this thing could be 1-5. and five. Yeah. You know, if, if they play that way. Yeah, you're like, yeah. for sure. <laughs> this thing could turn ugly quick. And uh, on top of the Rodney Terry controversy – 
uh, well, the team has risen up, uh, played much, much better on both ends of the floor, and here they are, three and three. And uh, now you're thinking about, okay, let's go get another one. Let's go. Let's get back on the floor and keep going here. Like you say, you know what they're capable of. Uh, the, the question is, can they do it consistently in the Big 12 against really high – the high-level competition, the toughest competition in college basketball, uh, which essentially will get them ready to be a tournament team. I mean, this is We were questioning, you know, 10 days ago whether they were a tournament team or not, and now they definitely look like a tournament team. There's no question about that. Can they do that night in and night out? Because that's the Big 12. That's the Big 12. Uh, and that's, I, I kind of sense that now they kind of know who's, what the roles are. You just keep keep drilling on that and you now know the offense runs through the two-man game of Desu and Aismas right he'll run that pick and roll and then you got to decide how you're going to guard that with two really good scorers in Desu and Aismas and then you can you know if you double off of that you got Tyrese Hunter who can knock down shots and I just think the addition of Kendall Weaver has just been a shot of adrenaline for this this basketball team he played 28 minutes last night you know he's pretty clear he's earning the trust of the coaches and earning the trust of okay, yeah. we got to have this guy on the floor yeah he's back to back games a played a lot, of, a, lot, a lot of minutes played a lot of minutes against yeah you're right about that and he makes all those plays you don't even show up on the stat sheet right he's diving on the floor he's knocking away loose balls he's just making things happen so really like what you're seeing out of the uh, transfer from ut arlington remember kendall, dog. kendall weaver was kind of an under recruited player out of mansfield i remember rodney terry talking about how they liked the player a lot but they just didn't have a, 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 any more scholarships left and he ended up going to ut arlington he was the whack freshman of the year uh, so the kid can play. Kid can play, and he's showing that right now in this little bit of a surge for the Longhorns. So we'll see if that can continue in the Big 12. So good to see them. Oklahoma women will be playing at Texas tonight at Moody Center if you're looking for some basketball. I saw where it's Greek night. I guess it's all the sororities and oh. fraternity night at Texas. The Texas okay. Greek night. Nice. All right. So sure, I'm sure they'll be partying a little bit beforehand. Come on. <laughs> well, uh, six o'clock tips kind of early. So we can party say, after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> party after then. There you go. Well, no, it's college. They'll probably party before too. <laughs> it's always a little pregaming going on. Um, what are your thoughts? Will we will we hear the Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers announcement by the close of business today? Cob. I think so. I think so. I think this Mike Garofolo report that is out. Uh, also, Aaron Wilson down in Houston does a great job. Report. He's tied into all the agents. Uh, word is Jim Harbaugh is he's happy with the, what he's been offered from the Chargers as far as his his compensation, and now he's talking about his coaching staff and his general manager and who he's going to be working with. So do you get to that point, you're pretty darn close. I mean, that means the number's already been agreed. Yeah, upon. They, yeah, he's you're happy. Staff, you like the number? The number is half the battle. Well, and yeah, that Garofolo report from NFL Network, and of course NFL Network is based in Los Angeles, so you know pretty good ties into the LA Chargers, I'm sure. But uh, already reporting that uh, he would like to bring Michigan defensive coordinator Jesse Minter with him to be the defensive coordinator. Yeah. Talking about Greg Roman coming in to be the offensive coordinator. Greg Roman, of course, was his offensive coordinator at Stanford and no, San Francisco. I, I don't like that. I'll tell you why I don't like that. It's okay. I mean, Greg Roman is a very accomplished OC. I don't know if Greg Roman's system really fits with a Justin Herbert. Um, and Justin Herbert is the face of the you know, kind of the franchise, and he's your QB. I, I do think Jim Harbaugh can win with Justin Herbert, not saying that. Um, and I like Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers because what the Chargers have been missing for years, they don't have an identity. They don't play a brand of football. Like, you don't have no idea what kind of brand of football that the Chargers play. They don't. That's why they can't close out games because when it's clutch time, they don't know who they are. <laughs> and yep. then they kind of just unravel. And Brandon Staley didn't really have an identity. Everybody knows what hardball football is. Everybody knows the style and the brand of football that he wants to implement. And I think that will work. Cause they got a lot, and they got a lot of talent, by the way. They got Khalil Mack. They got Derwin James. They got Asante Sanchez. A Boza. They got a Boza. They got a Boza. They got, <laughs> yeah, doesn't even matter which one. They got a Boza. They got a Boza. They there. got Joey. Yeah, they got, I mean, they got a lot. They got Keenan Allen's a really good receiver. They got some talent there. Um, but, yeah, I don't like Greg Roman. Greg Roman's offense, we know what his offense is. Yeah, I mean, obviously they'll have to tailor it to Justin Herbert, and that was at least credit to him was whether it was Colin Kaepernick in San Francisco or Lamar Jackson, they tailored the offense to the strength of the quarterback. Um, but, that's what you'd have to do with Justin Herbert, but at the same time, it does seem like a bit of an off-the-nose decision, but it's a comfort yeah. hire for sure. Uh, speaking of comfort hires, according to the report from NFL Network, he also wants to bring his son to be the special teams coach, which he is in Ann Arbor. Oh, really? Yeah. Hey, did I just have – you know what? Should I go back to my numbers yesterday about my nepotism yeah, take? Jay Harbaugh. <laughs> Jay Harbaugh. Oh, Jay Harbaugh. Harbaugh's son could be the yes. special teams coach. So there. last time I checked, it was uh, basically 3.4 coaches per team who are related to a current or former NFL coach. 11 out of the 32 head coaches – like I said, I'm going to update this because this was two years ago. But 11 out of 32 coaches uh, in 2021 were related to a current or a former NFL coach. 24 of the coordinators 
yep. related to a current or former NFL Funny. coach. Well, oh, yeah. and look, oh, yeah. you know. Real. We, real life. Of course, their, their father was a coach. They're both coaches, the oh, Harbaugh's. Yeah. And I'm it's sure the family the son, business. It's the family business. It's family business. And, of course, uh, Jay Harbaugh, who is the son of Jim, his uncle John, you know, was a special teams coach in the NFL when he landed the Baltimore Ravens job. Yeah. He's got the Ravens on a collision hey, course. But with no, the no, I, I'm not against nepotism because – these guys actually know the business. They They're know really ball. They're really good they coaches. Uh, so I'm not. I'm just pointing it out. It's a. It's a. It's a growing trend that is continuing to increase in the NFL. Well, you well, know what? Probably every business. I just don't study the other ones. Well, you, you <laughs> asked my thoughts. Like, this would obviously would be huge for the Chargers uh, to land a coach the caliber of Jim Harbaugh with a quarterback the caliber of Jay, you know, Justin Herbert. Um, you know, it's it's a talented roster that's got some cap issues they got to work through. That's why the general manager hire will be big. You need someone that can help you know, work some, some cap magic here. But there's plenty of talent there. Oh, there's um, plenty of talent. Uh, it's now. not about talent. It's been, that's been an undercoached now that team. division yeah. is a division that has been dominated by, by the Kansas Mahomes. City Chiefs. Hell, not just Mahomes, before Mahomes. Alex Smith was, was, was owning that division before. Yeah. It was Alex Smith's division before it was Patrick Mahomes. Though it was the Kansas City Chiefs owned that division. And, hell, that division is tough. You got some hell of a coaches. Andy Reid, Sean Payton. Yeah, man. And yeah, Sean Payton's now in it. I mean, Dude, these are, that's some Hall of Fame coaches. What? That's and, a, and Antonio Pierce. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, Antonio, you better get your coconut acumen up, man. You better be ready to go. Cause well, I do like that Antonio Pierce is leaning on some, some mentors, like uh, Antonio Pierce who, who you know, won the locker room, and then mm-hmm. the locker room kind of pushed that we're, we're going to revolt if you don't hire this guy. Yeah. But, he, you know, he, he reached out to Tom Coughlin to be an advisor to help him build his like coaching that. staff. He reached out. He's going to bring in Marvin Lewis. Um, okay. You know, longtime Bengals head coach who's That's got smart. a lot of experience in the NFL. So if you're, you're a young coach, you want to bring in experience. And it does sound like Tom Coughlin's going to have some type of role. Uh, he's as good as there is. He's, you know, he doesn't want to coach, but seek the, seek the counsel of Tom Coughlin. Oh, you can't, yeah. You know, that's, that's a good thing. That is smart. And speaking of the Chargers, it does report surface yesterday that, that the Raiders want to hire Tom Telesco, the general manager who built that talented roster with the Chargers uh, to come and be the uh, GM in, in Vegas. So, yeah, that division, uh, adding heavyweight names, it that appears true, for sure. So we'll watch that. Obviously, that also has impact on the college game in a huge way. Uh, I would bet, guess that if Jim Harbaugh, if it's announced today that he's going to L.A., that it won't take long for Michigan to name Sharon Moore, the offensive coordinator, the new head coach. I would be surprised if they wait and do the whole Alabama thing. They've seen what's, what's happened at Alabama where the whole roster gets torn apart through the transfer portal, at least if you – named the offensive coordinator who won six games this year at Michigan as the interim coach when Jim Harbaugh was suspended. You know, at least a lot, at least you have a chance to try to keep the locker room together as much would as possible. Would you name him interim or would you name him a coach? I'd name the coach. Yeah, just go head coach. I'd go head no, coach. No interim jacket at all. Just I'd go, go head coach. Guy. Okay, yeah. I, mean, I would go head coach because head. you have a two-way problem, right? You don't. So Jim Harbaugh gets to pick his successor. Jim Hartwell, or, or a point at some level. No, he, he handpicked him. <laughs> yeah. This is my guy. Well, he's been saying he's, he's been campaigning for him. Well, you know, I mean. No, I'm not saying anything wrong with him. I'm just saying, like, that's the reality, though. You have to understand that's the reality. Well, like, you know, he I, won a national title. Like, give him that. I, I guess, think if you're a Michigan, if you're in charge of Michigan, gift. you say, you know what, we hired this guy. He's a Michigan man. He, he got, led us to a championship, our first outright championship in 50 years or so. You, we might want to listen to him. If he says he's a good coach, he's a good coach. Plus, you, who else are you going to hire, right? Is it too late in the cycle to go hire a big-name coach? No, I mean, if, you have a, if they have a good AD because of all this discussion, he's been he's – he should have a plan already and already have – and every AD has a list. Every yeah. AD keeps a list. You should always have a list sure. that you can go to. Um, now, you know, you said how much does he respect Jim Harbaugh and what kind of relationship do they have? If they have the kind of relationship where he goes, yeah, I trust you, dude. If you're telling me this guy's a ball coach – that he's great to lead us into the future. I take it. I'm with you. I think it's the best course of action. I don't know. If the, I don't know if the AD is how. I don't know how adamant he is about guys he wants to put in that role potentially. But I'm with you. I think it's the best course of action just because you want to keep the talent there as much as you can and keep the because the brand of football and the identity as close as you can to what it is now. Um, and he can do that. He's just he's just not, he ain't hardball. Just like. You know, Kalen DeBoer ain't Nick Saban. And I'm not – nothing against – I mean, he, Harbaugh's not Nick Saban. He ain't the GOAT. But Harbaugh is a larger-than-life figure. You know this. Yeah, you know this. Shoes. And Nick Saban is, right? These guys that walk into the room and they become the biggest – they become the largest, you know, personalities in the room. And he's – and, and I'm, sure, I'm sure the guy – was it Sharon Moore? That's his name? Sharon Moore, yeah. Uh, I'm sure he's a good ball coach. That's different than being a good ball coach. And having a brand, the Harbaugh brand, like a Saban brand, and being larger than life. So there could be some guys who decide, listen, man, I came to Michigan to play for Harbaugh. 
Yeah. I didn't come to play for Michigan. Just like there were guys who decided to say, I came to play for Saban. I didn't come to play for Bama. Well, we will see. Uh, that is going to, you know, that, that is pending. That's the reality. And obviously, Texas plays at Michigan next September. Um, yeah. you know, eight months from now, the Longhorns is probably a preseason right. number one or number two or number three in the country. We'll be playing at Michigan. Uh, who will be the head Michigan coach? Michigan D tackles on that Texas roster. Next. Who knows? <laughs> you could <can> see. Because <laughs> obviously, immediately, <laughs> players have 30 days yep. uh, into the portal, as we just seen from Alabama. All right, we'll follow those stories developing. There's big stories out of the NBA, Major League Baseball, Longhorn Basketball. Rod's got behind the burnt orange curtain coming up with the uh, the eighth. Um, That's right. New Longhorn rolling in here. He's got a tough name to pronounce, but he could be a big piece to the Longhorn defensive line room in 2024. We'll talk about it with you. We'll also get to what the facts for the end of our first hour of our five-hour Wet Wednesday conversation on Hook 'Em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook 'Em Up, 101.9 AM 1260, The Horn. Big news Wednesday on Hook'em Up with Ian Rod B. A lot of Longhorn Hoops conversation. This says uh, Dylan Mitchell looking like a baby Dennis Rodman out there grabbing rebounds. Yeah, he's he's a great athlete, and he hustles like crazy. He's still working on that offensive game, but at the same time, his athleticism shows up. Uh, last night for the Longhorns, had 13 rebounds, blocked some shots. Uh, he's a guy that can uh, can help, especially if he just kind of plays off of Acemas and, and uh, DeSue offensively. Uh, good to see him last night. Also, uh, they also, guys, the Longhorns need a third guy to emerge on offense. Too many times Ace was stuck at the top of the key dribbling around various screens. That's true, and that's really got to be Tyrese Hunter, to be honest with you. Uh, we saw it against Baylor when he had 21. He needs to be that uh, third point of offense, I think. But uh, we'll see as this, this Longhorn team, you know, they're 20 games in almost to their season, and, you know, 19. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it does feel like they're on a, on a, on a rise. Uh, also, on the uh, Michigan discussion, where all signs point towards Jim Harbaugh being named the new head coach of the L.A. Chargers in the NFL, uh, we're talking about Sharon Moore. Will he be successful? says, will Sharon be successful, though? Will it be another David Shaw situation at Stanford, where he used Harbaugh as players for two years and then uh, the program slid after that? Well, we'll see. I mean, um, I thought David I thought David Shaw did a nice job at Stanford he for quite a for while. He did for a while. Yeah, because he was there a long time. I've seen where David Shaw's actually getting head coaching NFL NFL right now. He's been getting NFL snips for a long time, and forever he he refused to go. Like, he he refused to really uh, reciprocate that interest. Um, Not say refused to go, but he uh, NFL teams, I've heard that back in the day, that NFL teams. They like David Shaw. Yeah, they like his style, and they were – they had interest, but he had no interest in them. Yeah. So, look, if you're you're Michigan and you could tell me that Sharon Moore is going to be David Shaw, I, I would take that. I mean, I, but at the same I'd time, want, I'd want a little bit better than David Shaw, but I, I don't think David Shaw was a bad coach. No, agreed. Uh, but you know, at this point, I don't want to say you, you're kind of stuck if you're Michigan, but at the same he time, he was there from 2011 to 22. Yeah, he was there for 11 he years, and long, he did a real nice job. Long. And the program slid late in his tenure there. They yeah, because okay, he won 11 games, 12, 11, eight, and 12. So at 20, and he won 10 in 2016. So in 2016, he had been there three, six seasons. And he had won double-digit games, but five of those six seasons. Five yeah, of his first and six. I, I can't – I wasn't – Then he won nine the next two. And then, yeah, he started to deteriorate in 2019. Four, four, three, three wins. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure what went on when it started to slide and – I don't know, the administration get crossed. I don't know, because it seemed like it was rolling, and then all of a sudden it just went off a cliff. Yeah. So, uh, But, yeah, he did a nice spot, did nice job for job. five or six years there yeah. uh, at Stanford. Probably yeah. should have just left to go to the NFL when they had interest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's a tough place to win. We know yeah, the academic exactly. standards at Stanford. Yeah. You know, in football, <laughs> that's a tough place. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that, we'll see. We'll see what Michigan does. As you said, I'm assuming Michigan is not going to be surprised by this news. They've had a contract in front of Jim Harbaugh for months now, now, trying to extend him. Pretty clear that he wasn't going to sign that because he does have uh, interest in getting back to the National Football League. And now, according to the NFL Network report, that it's almost imminent to this point. They're talking coaching staff and general managers and things of that nature with the Chargers. So uh, we'll keep an eye there. Uh, also, you know, the other example of a parallel would be the Pete Carroll. When Pete Carroll left to go to the Seattle Seahawks mm-hmm. with the NCAA breathing down his neck, um, they reached out and hired Lane Kiffin if you remember. And Lane Kiffin, remember, spurned Tennessee after just one season. 
like bolted at a press conference <laughs> because the USC job came open. I remember this. And this was after Lane Kiffin got fired by the Raiders, oh, and Al, Al Davis, Davis called him a press liar. Press conference. Oh, that was a great classic press conference. Oh, the late great Al Davis. We miss him. Yeah. That was amazing. He basically he just, said, this guy's oh, a liar. Oh, man. Don't he trust a word. He just burned Lane Kiffin at that press conference. It was just, it was just a, it was a press conference strictly to trash Lane Kiffin. That was the whole point of the press conference. And then, and then, I wonder if they still got. We got a YouTube desk. They got that out there. I'll man. find it. Oh, that's well, crazy. and then of course Tennessee jumped to hire him after Al yeah. Davis told anybody they would listen. He's a liar. <laughs> and then one year in, he's like, "See ya." Hey, you know what? That's a great. What's that great saying? They, that ladies always say, "You, uh, you, you, you lose him how you got him, yeah. or whatever." Uh, well, you lost him how you got him. He's a liar, <laughs> and kind of shady. And hey, you know what? You found out the hard way. And Pete Carroll went on to be obviously very successful with the Seahawks, and uh, you know Lane Kiffin <laughs> did not have much success with the. Uh, hey, with the, the Nick USC Saban coaching car wash though, and he was just fine. I will say this: I do not. I like the hardball to charge thing. I do not support the Greg Roman offensive coordinator thing. I don't like it. His last two places he's been, he been he he, he was an offensive coordinator were Baltimore. Well, I say three. It was I think Baltimore, Buffalo, and then San Fran. Two of those three, we, it was a clear uh, dual-threat quarterback system where you had a quarterback that was one of your main rushing threats with Colin Kaepernick in it and Lamar Jackson. And the other one was in Baltimore, that weird time where they had, like, remember it was like E.J. Manuel and Tyrod Taylor. And yeah. Remember that weird time where they didn't know who the quarterback was going to be? Before like Josh Allen. 2015 and 16. Yeah, it was kinda, exactly. It was kind of around there. I don't know if I trust Greg Roman's system with a quarterback like Justin Herbert. I don't know if we've seen it. Yeah, we'll see. And at that, least lately. That's at least the in, report. That at least Greg, recently. The Greg Roman with the familiarity to Jim Harbaugh is a name being discussed mm. for that role. All right, there's some NFL. We'll keep an eye on the Harbaugh ticker. Of course, that's West Coast time. May Cardale not happen until Jones. later in the day. Uh, we've also got Longhorn Hoops. Right now, Rod is going to take us behind the burn orange curtain, some Longhorn football conversation to get your Wednesday underway. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind all right, let's talk about the latest transfer portal commitment for the Longhorns. I've just been calling them because but I'll try to get the name right. Tia O Ali Sevea. Is that I get it right? Tia O Ali Sevea? Yes, that's how he pronounces Tia, it. Yes, that's that's. I went and the, looked the at pa- the yeah. <laughs> the pause is after the Tia, so it's Tia, Tia O Ali, and that kind of roll. So Tia O Ali. Ali the phonetic spelling has an E at the end. Like, uh, d- two E's yeah. after the Ali is a, another one. So Ooh. it's Ali. Oh, yeah, there's two I's. Ali. You go Ali. 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's Ali. Yeah. Yeah, it's another one. No, so Tia O Ali. Tia O Ali. So go. say it. Keep saying it over and over again. It'll roll off the tongue. Tia O Ali. You or you just, I mean? T. I just call him T. Savea. I just call him T. That's probably what we should do because we probably all said it wrong. But either way, uh, I know. I, 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 the we great need... Craig Way is already practicing. Oh, man. That's what we need. Say T. O-L-E. Yeah, Craig Way, he'll set it. She'll set us all straight. But I believe it's T. O'Ali Savea. But we are glad to have them. Longhorns needed them. They needed depth at the defensive tackle position. I mean, it's going to be a hell of a transition and a hell of a shock potentially for this defense to have to go from having the best D tackle duo in the country, one of the best D tackle duos in the history of Texas football. Uh, in the previous year, you had the deepest D tackle room arguably in the country to go from that to, and nothing against these guys, Alfred Collins and Vernon Broden as your proven commodities. And then after that, there's a lot of uncertainty. You just don't know. You don't know about the guys behind them, like Sadir Mitchell. Uh, you don't know about, you know, uh, Aaron Bryant, you just don't really know about those guys coming in. And then you have younger guys, and you also lost your D-line coach. So a lot of uncertainty in that D-tackle room. And to go from being the strength of the team to being the team with the, the, the position with the most question marks, uh, that's going to be, I think, a shock for the defense. And I think PK is going to have to call the defense differently, structure the defense differently, because your strength, instead of being in the front seven, will probably likely be more in the back seven. But we'll see how these guys develop. <clears throat> but they needed Savea uh, for a lot of reasons. They need him for depth. He's a proven commodity. He's only got four starts in his career, but he was a heavy rotational player for Arizona. And he is his strength is as a run stopper. That he's a run stopper and a run stuffer. He's a guy that can clog up gaps, that can take on double teams for you. He also can make plays in the backfield. I like that they actually aligned him in a lot of different shades up front. He had at least 16 snaps 
almost in every shade up front on the on the D line. So they moved him around a little bit, which shows he's a lot more athletic uh, than his build would indicate. But he's six four, over three hundred. Uh, that's a guy that they need. They need a guy who can be a a run force uh, defender for him. The question is, will they have him playing? I mean, he. he Lines up, I believe, most of the time is a three technique. Most of their defensive line, interior defensive linemen do. Uh, they do got to find a guy that can be a head-up nose. Maybe he's a guy that can move around to be that at times. He's done it, um, but it's not what he does exclusively. He could be that guy, uh, but that may be something else that they're looking for. But he is a he's a proven commodity, and Nansen knows how to use him. Yeah, Johnny Nansen, uh, the new linebackers coach, recruited him out of high school yeah. to come to UCLA, and then when he went to Arizona, he transferred to Arizona. So obviously he's got a, a strong familiarity with Johnny Nansen. Uh, the, the name Bo Davis is what is just ringing around in my head because I just remember Steve Sarkeesian when my first visits with him talking about because this was he was trying to rebuild this program in his vision and he said you know we we, we think we have the best defensive line coach in america yes, to build our defensive line and mm-hmm. we've seen the improvement of the the coburns and or ojimos in one year last year the improvement of tavondre sweat mm-hmm. byron murphy's been kind of what he is <laughs> since he got here but the improvement of those players uh you you hope whoever you do hire a defensive line coach continues that because that's that's critical i mean alfred collins and vernon broughton have to pay, take big steps forward at that mm-hmm. position, and uh, Sadir Mitchell, uh, the the sophomore yeah. out of New Jersey, has to take a big step forward. I mean, these guys really need to, because you're going to the SEC now. I mean, you're it's a lines of scrimmage league that's what you're building towards. And on the offensive line, you feel like you're you're going to be there. Defensive front in the in the interior, you, you need that that continued development that Bo Davis was bringing. Yeah, um, and so he listen. He's a big get for the Longhorns. They need they they still need more bodies on that defensive front. Uh, and he's actually a little bit over 300 pounds, so he's not huge. All right? You're not talking about a huge guy at the point of attack, but he's stout. <laughs> and he is, as I said, a run force defender. Um, he's really good at taking on blocks. He's also uh, one of those guys that's just hard to move at the point of attack. <laughs> uh, just a, a powerful player. And so he'll. So now you've got three guys who are who are proven commodities who have – Played a high level of college football between Alfred Collins, Vernon Broughton, and Savea. And I, you know, help. Two years ago, you had five guys. Last year, you had four. You still need another one. Hopefully, that's Sadir Mitchell or, you know, one of those younger guys. But hope is not a strategy. So I would assume that they might be going after someone else potentially in the transfer portal after the next window that opens up. Or if this Michigan, you know, Jim Harbaugh to, you know, to the NFL that opens up a 30-day window for Michigan's roster, who knows if they got some – well, who knows? I know they do. Got some big-time D tackles there potentially that may look at the transfer portal. Or maybe the next window during the spring that opens up, Texas could look at some, some D tackles. Or hopefully when you get a D-line coach that these guys in the spring take huge leaps. Yeah. Some of the young guys. Yeah, that's what you want to see. Because there's yeah. another guy we haven't mentioned much, and we talked about it on the Longhorn live stream last night on On Texas Football Rod. Uh, our friend C.J. Vogel had the stat about Aaron Bryant. Uh, Aaron mm-hmm. Bryant, the redshirt uh, sophomore out of – redshirt freshman out of uh, South Haven, Mississippi. Yep. You know, he ended up in the last couple games playing some some – pretty good number of snaps for Texas, and that tells you he was earning some trust and getting into that rotation uh, late in the year. So Aaron Bryant is a name, too, 6'2", 300 pounds at last checks, but you know he'll get another, another offseason in the weight room. So that's another name that's on campus uh, in the interior for Texas to watch. And, yeah, we haven't hired a, a defensive line coach to this point. That still has not happened. That's – that's really interesting. I still, I'm, I'm a little, I'm not worried about it or anything, but I'm just intrigued as to why it's taking as long as it is. And maybe, maybe, maybe the D line coach is still coaching. Yeah. In the league, maybe that's one of the it. final four. I don't know. I have no idea. Or the Rod Wright thing. Uh, it, you, know, you point, you, you uh, hinted yesterday that maybe it's just something that hit a snag. The, you know, and maybe they just couldn't get on the same page. Uh, yeah. Well, again, Rod you, was the guy. you know, Rod Wright was the name I kept being told, and then you know the Texan season ended on Saturday. And you, you know, I, <laughs> what I was told yesterday was that the recruiting thing is a is a he doesn't love recruiting, um, and you know he'll do it, but he doesn't love it. And you you I met did. he was at UTSA, he was at Miami, you know he's done done the recruiting thing, he's done it. and now he's doing the NFL thing, and it's different. And he's on you know on a rising staff with D'Amico Ryan's in Houston. You don't have to go out and get in living rooms and 
you know, beg 16-year-olds and 17-year-olds to like you. You know what I mean? Recruiting is a full-time job. Guys. Yes, it it's is. It's a full-time it job. And coaching is a full-time job. Essentially, at the college level, you got two full-time jobs. NFL level, hey, man, I got a GM. They got scouts for all that. They bring me the guys. Uh, I got a coordinator, unless you're the coordinator. You got a coordinator that he's teaching the system. He wants to – so you just got – I got to go coach the guys. I know the system I'm coaching. I get the players uh, brought to me. Uh, I don't have to worry about this other going into the war room and drafting guys. So in the NFL, all I got to worry about is coaching and that, that time that you spend in recruiting because that's your other job at, in college. You spend that potentially with your family or, you know, going to be a better – trying to be a better coach yeah. or spending extra time with your players because it's professional. I don't have restrictions on how much time I can spend with my players. Yeah, this, will be, this would be a good example, and we've heard it from a lot of coaches. You know, the burnout rate for college coaches is going to get higher and higher as the calendar gets. Oh, it's just they crazy. they got to make some changes. And we, in a lot of phases, it's the college football no right season. now. There's no da- yeah, there's offseason no anymore. Time. There yeah, is none. It's done. Used to have some summertime, not anymore. <laughs> That's all recruiting now. All right, good stuff right there, Rod. And behind the burn orange curtain, we'll come back, hit some what the facts, including somebody asked, what about Cliff Kingsbury news? I've got some facts on Uh-oh. just how many teams are interested in Cliff Kingsbury to be an offensive Cliff-y. coordinator. It is Growing by the day. Details <laughs> coming next. Also, we'll keep our eye on the uh, Jim Harbaugh ticker at, at L.A. and the rest of the top stories of a busy Wednesday morning. Hook them up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. Careful out there. Wet Wednesday, to say the least. The third straight day of uh, treacherous morning commutes, if you're making it. Slow it down. Slow down. But obviously you get caught in that big wreck out on uh, 35 out by Breaker Lane. That's going to be a mess this morning. Just uh, mm-hmm. always like to get ahead of that. If you can, find an alternate route or just work from home today. I don't know. Uh, all right, what the facts time, Rod? Uh, I mentioned on the way to the what timeout the that uh, Cliff Kingsbury becoming quite the – we said this last week that the word in the NFL circles was that Cliff Kingsbury, after spending one year as a offensive analyst and quarterbacks developer for USC – was going to be in demand as an offensive coordinator. And safe to say that is coming true. Just yesterday, a report that Cliff Kingsbury interviewed for the vacant Philadelphia Eagles offensive coordinator job. Also interviewed or is going to interview for the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive coordinator's job. And uh, in addition to the Chicago Bears, but they've already hired Shane Waldron. Uh, There's talk that uh, Bill Bill Belichick gets the Atlanta Falcons job. He would want to talk to Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. So the he drafted Cliffy back in the day, remember? Yes, he did. Yeah. Uh, so keep an eye on Cliff. At this point, no solid news. But uh, you know, in your own division, you know, if the Philadelphia Eagles and Nick Sirianni hire Ron Rivera to coach defense and Cliff Kingsbury to coach offense, that'd be a pretty good coaching staff right there like that, that you got to deal with as a Cowboys fan twice a year. Yeah, no, you're right there with a talented roster. Mm-hmm. No, it's interesting. That is really interesting. I um, like I said, it's. I, I can't understand um, still right now what the Titans did, what they did. And, and, and I'm not, nothing against Brian Kelly, but, man, that's – like I said, that, considering the coaching candidates that are still out there and then moving on from Mike Vrabel without trading them, I don't get the move they made. In Tennessee, yeah. They yeah, I don't, like the t- I don't like the Titans' move. Con- like I said, cons- when you consider the coaching candidates and the pool of coaches that are available, I, I think they could have done better, but we'll see. We never know until, you know. Brian Callahan puts in his uh, implements, his culture and his scheme and his system and that kind of stuff. But yep. I just think they could have done better. Anyway, uh, how about this little factoid? This comes from a study that was done um, by a guy. His name is Troy Altimore. I want to give him credit for it. Um, says he works for a, a data scientist um, who works an MBA from Penn, UPenn, study, sto- study sports. And he has studied the um, viewership numbers from 2016 to 2023, and he claims that <laughs> that if you uh, look at the ratings for the best, the biggest games of college football in in that time span from 2016 to 2023, that over half <laughs> over half of total FBS viewers are linked to just 18 of 130 plus teams, and he's based on Nielsen rating uh, data. He said 50% of total views from are only from 18 schools, <laughs> and those who, Texas is one of them. But it's Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, uh, Clemson, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, LSU, Penn State, of course Texas, Auburn, Florida, Wisconsin, Washington, Florida State, Tennessee, Southern Cal, and Oregon. 
you know, also has a lot of those kind of numbers. That's good stuff right there. And what the facts is that TV networks, they know who, why, who, what, what teams yeah. and what programs turn eyeballs and yeah. turn TVs on. They said like concentrated viewership. And that's why they've these, consolidated these conferences yes, that they exactly. have. <laughs> and that's why, yeah, you're right about that. And that's, so it's basically the, the SEC, the Big Ten, and the ACC. The Big 12 doesn't have any of these schools. Texas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Not anymore. Not anymore, right. Well, well, I'm saying, not, yeah, so they, yeah, I'm just saying the future, they don't have any of these schools. Yeah. They have none of these schools. They're talking about this concentrated viewership that's responsible for 50% of viewers. So that, that to me, they and they don't have a blue blood because these are – most of these are blue bloods, if not all of these are blue bloods. No, and that's, you know, I think, tech, I think Brett Yormark, the new commissioner, knows this. But, yeah, but you're, basketball you're, blue bloods are different from football. Yeah, football, for sure. That's what uh, you're losing, you know, 80 85% of your, your viewership, at least with Texas and Oklahoma, uh, and they're, they're moving on. So you have to create new rivalries. You've you got you to build. Uh, it's going to take a bit, and you're going to be the fourth conference. But as I always say with the Big 12, it's better to be the fourth conference than to not be a conference, which is where the Pac-12 is right now That's because exactly the big, they, the they were more is. aggressive yep. in a big way and had better leadership than the Pac-12 did. So they survive, and they'll be the fourth conference behind, obviously, the Big 3 and really the Big 2 and the Big 10 and, and the SEC, where Texas is headed. All right, Rod, real quick, speaking of viewership, we said it a little bit at the end of the show yesterday, but uh, the eye-popping numbers continue for the National Football League. CBS, CBS says more than 50 million people tuned in to see the Chiefs play the Bills, makes it the most watched program on any network since last year's Super Bowl and the most watched divisional playoff round game ever, ever of all time. Of all time. And ever and ever. And obviously, you've got the Chiefs and Bills and another, you know, close game down to the wire. Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, the whole bit. It had everything. But over over fifty million people. Yeah. So yes, and you knew that would be the gangbuster. But every every divisional playoff game set some kind of record this weekend. With as we said, the NBC game on Saturday night was the most watched NBA uh, Saturday night game since the Harding, mm. Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan feud in the Olympics Saturday night event. On, on, on that network, and then the ESPN game with the Ravens and Texans was the most watched ESPN football broadcast, NFL football broadcast ever. Yeah, they are they are king. They're the, they are the king of uh, television right now in America. No, there's no uh, there's no TV show that gets ratings like the NFL. Nothing's even close to it. It's like everybody tunes in. Everybody uh, tunes. Everybody in. tunes in. Uh, we tune in, and you we appreciate you tuning in. On this National Compliment Day, Rod, National Compliment Day. So pay somebody a compliment. Really, every day should be a nice National Compliment Day. Of course uh, it should be. We appreciate giving a compliment to our audience. We love our audience and their messages. They're awesome. You're beautiful people. You are a great people. Love y'all. Faux shizzle. Faux shizzle. (laughs) That's one hour down of our five-hour Wednesday conversation. So uh, lock it in. Join us all morning long on 101.9 AM 1260, certainly on that Horn app at hornfm.com as well. Wednesday on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby.